Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, let the dogs out you know like who let the dogs out who who off the hook airing on off the hook sports.com your home for real news real opinions and what really matters about tennessee athletics always available on apple podcasts spotify stitcher google play tune in iheart like share follow subscribe always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts I'm going to go ahead and quote Crazy Nugs, who's with us every morning before we even get rolling. And that is, let's go, exclamation mark. That's what we're going to Big show on tap. Ron Higgins will join us with Tiger D. Tails. Get it? Tiger D. Tiger Tails. So that's with the rival site. He will join us. He's been covering the LSU for a number of years. I know the game's not this week, and LSU has another opponent but we are going to advance it forward a little bit and get his thoughts on that program that looks so just decimated and crazy time in week one. <laughs> Excuse me. If they have put things together and also on the program is Deion Sanders, a potential Auburn candidate. Oh, I thought you said also on the program is Deion Sanders. I was like, what? Yeah. I think I've had my one interview with Deion Sanders. That didn't go real well. Um, and, uh, also we will have, uh, maybe a little bit of Josh Ward. So we've got a lot going on. We're going to try to fit it all into an hour and a half. Your comments as well. She's Amanda LaFrod. I'm Dave Hooker. Good morning, Amanda. How are you? Good morning, Dave. I'm doing well. Um, just want to give a little shout out to one of our listeners. I know his, his name is Brandon and he is in the hospital right now with his son. So prayers for him and prayers for all all of the people in Hurricane Ian's path, because I think it just made landfall. So, Yeah, I've got uh, one of our uh, great uh, sponsors, uh, David Vassy at Vassy Lawn and Garden, is going to Destin. So it looks like it's going to hit more along the lines of around the or- Orlando area. Is that what we're – or not Orlando area, but Tampa like, area. Yeah, you can't um, really land in the middle of the state. But it no. looks like it's curving kind of – towards the eastern portion i was heard that it's gonna be um more like fort myers area that's where i actually got married and it's gonna hit between like sarasota and fort myers is where it's coming in and your uh, your picture by the way i don't think i ever told you this is uh, absolutely when you're in your wedding dress there is absolutely nothing but lovely so thank you um, it is, is just a very, very nice picture. So we have a lot to get to on the program today. And of course, we'll interact with 
you uh, as we go throughout the program and looking forward to that. Today's tough question as well. I don't know which direction we're really going to go with that. It might be, would Deion Sanders be a good coach? But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Let's get to the down and dirty at 30. And Amanda, it's brought to you by Honey Bee Coffee. Why is Honey Bee Coffee just so darn good? I mean, it's just, it's good coffee, but it's, it's just really, uh, I think when you use the best ingredients, you get the best product. And so since they use the top 5% of beans in the world, I mean, it's, it ends up being the best product. Yep. That's pretty much all you need to know right there. Honeybee, I'll be meeting got a couple of meetings there today. So I'm looking forward to their coffee. No question about it. And let's get to the down and dirty at 30. So it doesn't have anything to do with Tennessee. Kinda, but kinda does. South Carolina on Tuesday announced that it's moving its game against South Carolina State up to Thursday night at Williams Price Stadium in Columbia. Of Hurricane Ian. Somebody needs some craft treats. Uh, the game will kick off at 7 o'clock. It has been scheduled to take place saturday at noon what does this mean to me it means just keep your eye out because i I think that um i don't i don't like south and amanda and i've gone kind of back and forth on this and we see it a little bit differently and we'll find out who's right we really don't know but uh south carolina state is is not fantastic but i don't think south carolina is very good and so you move up prep. Who does that help? I would think it would maybe help South Carolina State. But ultimately, um, we'll, we'll see what happens. If, if Shane Beamer, I know a lot of people like Shane Beamer because he, he was a former ball. But if Shane Beamer doesn't have success there, it's good for Tennessee long term. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that and being able to recruit in the uh, Carolinas. So also the down and dirty at 30. Wow, the, the ratings? for the Tennessee-Florida game were just unbelievable. Tennessee just drew an an intense crowd. The Vols matchup against Florida on Saturday uh, was received incredibly well nationally. The Tennessee-Florida game was the most watched game in the series in 13 years. The viewership was up 34% from a similar television window in 2021 also significant growth in streaming college game day did incredibly well Uh, also uh, 1.9 million average viewers up 21 percent from 2021 in week four at the same time the final hour saw 2.6 million viewers so here's what you did tennessee fans you brought more viewers in Viewers didn't go away, and that's why college game day will bend over backwards left and right to go to some schools because of the environment. But those numbers mean a lot for the long-term success of the program, Amanda, because this offense is fantastic. This, this, the way this team is built is unbelievable. But ultimately, this is a finesse team, and at some point, it's going to have to get a little tougher like in Alabama and well, I wouldn't say like a Georgia. Georgia's still pretty hardcore old school football. Alabama's gotten a little bit finesse, um, but not too much. But they're gonna have to bring in some of those elite defensive players. And 
that type of audience, there are a lot of dudes out there that are those type of elite defensive players. So you talk about exposure and the equity long term. Amanda, that game was was huge in, in what Tennessee might be able to bring. I still go back to this one person, uh, Terry Fair, who played defensive back for Tennessee, went on to a borderline Hall of Fame career in the NFL. He didn't even know who Tennessee was. He lived in Phoenix, Arizona, and he saw the Lady Balls one night. And he was like, I'm interested in Tennessee because he saw the passion. So you have no idea what dude that is out there that saw that game. And it could be three years from now he signs with Tennessee, looks at Tennessee differently because of what happened on Saturday. I I cannot emphasize that enough, Amanda. Yeah, I mean, it's <clears> – I think most teams have this – this come to kind of Jesus moment where people start realizing who they are again. People start paying attention. You have, you know, the Reggie Bush USC era. You have the, you know, when Nick Saban came to Alabama, you have the Kirby Smart, you know, era at Georgia where people actually start seeing the hats in places that you shouldn't see the hats. You start seeing the flags in places that you shouldn't see the flags. I think Tennessee's reached that mark this time. I don't know how many flags I've seen on cars since Saturday, like a ton. It, it, a ton. It, it's funny you bring that up because it used to be like every other car had a flag on yeah. it in the uh, 2000s. And then things went awry and obviously there are not as many flags and not as much excitement on a game day, but that that's changing. And the, this offense is changing that. However, I will still say this, this, this program has to add more, elite defensive talent they they have to adjust just a little bit because i believe they're overly finessed now that that means they're really fun to watch but they're a little bit overly finessed to i believe win a championship um especially the georgia but um you know we'll see you're gonna say something oh no i mean i think this hypo offense is is what is bringing in the numbers it's what it's giving people life and i agree with you they're gonna have to get uh, a little bit more defensive talent, but I think they definitely will considering what like Heupel's coaching is bringing, what he's doing to make it better at Tennessee. You get better offensively, you get more recognition, you get better talent. So this will come into play. It'll fall into place as long as he has the defensive coordinator he needs. And I'm Banks is pretty good. So I think you're all right. By the way, Caleb Calhoun wrote a great article on that. And I do think Tim Banks is very good. I do think that he always has a struggle with the way even practice is run. They're going to focus more on the offense. And that's that's what Josh Heupel wants to do. But at some point to evolve, and it may take losing to Georgia for two or three years. I know people don't want to hear that, but that may be the case. It may take getting to the SEC championship game and losing. But you have to make those sort of adjustments or you're basically Lincoln Riley and you're always knocking on the door and you have to get really fortunate to break through. I think Josh Heupel comes across as a very intelligent person. So if it gets to that point, I think he'll make some adjustments. Weekly awards, just goodness gracious, continue to roll in for Hendon Hooker, named the Maxwell Award Player of the Week by the Maxwell Football Club. He earned the Manning Award Star of the Week acclaim and was tabbed to the Davey O'Brien Great Eight list per Tennessee's Sports Information Department. 
He had already garnered Walter Camp National Offensive Player of the Week, SEC Offensive Player of the Week, and Reese's, it's the peanut butter, Senior Bowl Offensive Player of the Week recognition. Uh, he was unbelievable against Florida, career best 461 yards of total offense. I didn't want to go off the deep end on Sunday, and I almost wrote this column that Hendon Hooker should be a Heisman finalist, but I, or he should be in New York. And if he continues to play like he is, and I didn't write that because I wanted to see how things played out. And the more people I talk to that are Heisman voters, the more I believe he, if this keeps up barring injury, the numbers alone will get him to New York. I I believe that firmly. And you said it too, but I do, I do believe that now I didn't necessarily even yesterday or the day before, but I believe that if these numbers keep up, there's no way to keep him out. Now, can he win if Bryce Young it, has won an SEC title or Stetson Bennett gets a career award uh, winning an SEC title? I don't, think I, just, he, I don't think he can win it, but getting to New York is a big, big darn deal. See, my problem, and here's a tangent but my problem with the Heisman is that it's always given to I feel like it's given to the best player on the best team and I don't think that's necessarily what should should happen it should be the player that means the most to a team that if you took that player away the team would be completely lost you know I and I'm not saying Bryce Young didn't deserve it I'm just saying if you took Bryce Young out of Alabama's offense, Alabama would be fine. If you took Stetson Bennett out of Georgia's offense, Georgia would be fine. It would be, they would be completely fine. If you took Hendon Hooker away from Tennessee, we're talking about a completely different team here. And I think the Heisman should go to the teammate or person in college football that leads his team the best, that means the most to his team, that his team would not be his team without him. And I think that's Hendon Hooker, hands down. Daniel said he had a thought. Said being Cedric Tillman uh, being out might have been the best thing to happen to Hendon Hooker. Maybe he got too comfortable going to his guy. I think opening things up is a very positive thing for Hendon Hooker. And you, you got other guys involved in the offense and Brew McCoy more involved and we already know he's good by the way that portion of the program brought to you by zool beer company zoolbeer.com he's a man that's cracking open one and i did that on a post game show after a tennessee basketball game and i got the meanest look in the world from john wilkerson because you would think it was a beer because it is nighttime but it was a diet coke and amanda's having i believe a diet dr pepper but nevertheless um If if he gets to New York, um, then that's huge. But as far as to Daniel's point, the ability to spread the ball around could be absolutely monstrous for Tennessee. And I think other than probably Ohio State, that Tennessee has the best group of receivers. Now, you want to talk best duo when healthy, Tillman and McCoy, I'll take them over anybody. But if you want to talk one to five, I believe Ohio State probably has four first-rounders eventually in different classes. But other than Ohio State, I'm going to take Tennessee's group of receivers right up there with anybody in in the country. A couple of recruiting notes. Ethan Davis announced he's begun rehab with a torn labrum. 
I've torn both labrums one twice and it is not um sometimes you don't even have to have surgery i didn't because it was a partial tear it but when you have surgery it is really not a big deal and amanda pointed that out and her story on and caleb um Giroux, i love saying his name uh yeah. story on off the hook sports.com and he's begun his rehab i wouldn't stress over that everything's going to be fine um, don't worry about that at all. He is one of Tennessee's highest rated prospects of four star uh, tight end. So, and then uh, it, it's not very often you see a prospect picked up, pick up several offers from power five programs in a single week, but that happened with this kid, Arian, <clears throat> Arian Carter of Smyrna high school has turned some heads uh, as of late. Carter has two forced fumbles, three sacks, 29 tackles through Smyrna's first four games and after his visit to Alabama and receiving an offer <clears throat> from the Crimson Tide, the six foot one and 210 pound prospects offers began rolling in. And he's got uh, an absolute ton. So, yep, we'll see how recruiting shakes out. I'm very interested to see where Tennessee goes uh, this weekend because they do have an off weekend. So they'll be able to make a lot of visits. And you're going to see. A lot of jet fuel burn going from town to town as multiple uh, volunteer groups of coaches will go throughout the South and beyond. So, and and also, if you haven't had a chance to go to offthehooksports.com, I really like this that uh, Amanda put together. And I'm not just saying that because she's on the program and listening to me. Thanks. But it was a ranking of the top five teams in the SEC. So there's really... As Amanda and I have talked about, there's no point in doing this before the season. There's uh, really no point in doing it after a couple weeks because somebody hasn't played anybody. But uh, Amanda did that. And for those of you that have any sort of issue with Amanda being an Alabama fan, uh, it, it, it well, don't. Because uh, I, I actually would still have Alabama number one and Amanda's uh, Georgia number one followed by Alabama, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Now, if you look at the body of work, you could say certainly that Georgia is number one. But I'm going to go back to this because I know that Kirby Smart got the monkey off his back. But at the end of the day, what was the record between Nick Saban and Kirby Smart last year? It was one and one. And I thought that Georgia had the better overall team talent-wise. So if I were to rank them myself, I would still have Alabama number one because I think Nick Saban is still the better coach. And he was able to overcome a terrible showing in Texas by his team, and they ended up getting the win. So you can do that in one of two different ways. They survive, and that's impressive. And uh, the coaching staff was able to get them through an off day. Or you could view it as they're not as good. I don't know how you view it, Amanda, but if you want to check out the top five teams in the SEC, it's on offthooksports.com. So when I did this list, I just looked at the body of work from just this season. I think a lot of people can get caught up in what happened last season, um, especially when you have you know big-time coaches like Kirby Smart and Nick Saban and, and all of that. However, this season and just what, like we say, the eye test, what the teams have brought to the field, Georgia's 
worst showing was last week of course we saw that it was it was abysmal by the bulldogs and i can't say that they were looking ahead a week because they play uh missouri next so you can't really give that as a uh an excuse but their overall body of work and the way that they've dominated their opponents is much uh, more impressive especially the way their offense connects the way sets and minutes you know throwing the way I mean, it's it's a unit. It's connecting as a unit. You can see it on the field. Alabama, I put it number two because of their offensive struggles. And they shouldn't be having offensive struggles. You have the top talent, you know, in the nation coming in. You should be on a level where you're not struggling offensively. I blame that mainly on Bill O'Brien. I think he is uh, not great, to be honest. I just – I I – He's supposed to be going to Nebraska, and I welcome him there. Number three, I put at Tennessee. A, I think Tennessee's a, body of what? Sorry. I think he'd be a horrible fit. I mean, you may be right. I think that no. would be one heck of a bad hire. Um, oh, yeah. It would be a definitely a horrible hire <laughs> for them, but just get him out of Alabama. Just get him out. No one go away. If I'm Nebraska, I'm doing whatever I have to do to get Mark Stoops, who I think would turn them down anyway. But that's a yeah. perfect fit because it's a developmental coach. But I think he'd turn them down. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. No, you're fine. I agree with that. So, Tennessee, I have at number three. You know, their, their victory on the road against Pitt and then their victory against Florida, that just solidified, you know, and them beating everybody, you know, the other two teams that they've played by a substantial amount that people didn't think that they would cover. So Alabama hasn't been able to do that. Georgia hasn't been able to do that. And Tennessee has put people in their place. Ole Miss hasn't been able to do that. So Tennessee, I have at number three. Kentucky, talking about Mark Stoops, I have at number four. They're not looking their their best, but they're still getting by. Um, they're, they return their running back, I think, next week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, starting running back is still out. I believe it's for disciplinary problems. So we'll see how they do as far as that. But this past week, I mean, they barely won against a team that lost to Vandy by 10. So that's one thing that I don't, you know, it's it's worrisome if I'm Kentucky. At number five, I have Texas A&M. And I know people are going to be like, what do you mean Texas A&M? Since they changed their quarterback, and he's, he had a 50% passing rating this past week. So it's not like he's great. It seems like the morale's changed. Maybe it's because they got embarrassed I you know by App State. I'm not sure. But um, playing that Arkansas team, the way that they played them, with as many mistakes as Arkansas made, you still have to capitalize on those mistakes. And Texas A&M was able to do that. So I have them at five above Ole Miss and above Arkansas. Because, I mean, Ole Miss is undefeated, but they're – they're not good. I mean, we can see that. They're not good. Just- no, that was a huge gamble going the transfer route, but that's the only play that Lane Kiffin had because he's not going to be able to compete with uh, other teams in, in terms of NIL money. So, uh, by the way, like and subscribe and share. Um, we would certainly appreciate that out of boost and subscribers uh, yesterday. So we, we want you to be a part of the family. So like, subscribe, and share. Still 80% of our listeners – viewers have not subscribed so if you haven't to this point if you haven't told somebody else about it then shame on you 
No, I'm just kidding. Uh, John said, <laughs> uh, John said, uh, never getting involved in a, oh my gosh, never get involved in a land war with Russia and never schedule happy state. <laughs> okay. I can probably agree with both of those. Words I of mean, wisdom. Yeah. I mean, we, we might be speaking German right now, if not for the other land war in that big WW2, where, uh, you know, that Hitler guy kind of overextended himself. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Pedago Chattanooga is locally owned, and it's a fantastic place to pick up an e-bike and know that you will have the service that you need. Uh, in the future, they don't need a lot of service because they run fantastically well. It's great to get around downtown uh, Chattanooga. It's a great place to purchase an e-bike. If you purchase one online, then here's what's going to happen. If something goes wrong, you don't have anybody to take care of you. Well, that's the thing with Pedigo. It's what I love about the company is they've got the service department right there. So, man, I really have no notion of where we're going with today's tough question. Uh, I, I don't know if you do. Um, I, I'll throw... Uh, one out there that's a possibility. Oh, do you do you have an idea of the direction you want to go? Um, I have an idea. It's but it's not something we've covered yet. So that sounds like a fast moving show to me, kids. We do our yeah. research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, eh, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh my God. Today's tough question brought to you today by Big Orange Phillies. Big Orange Phillies, very convenient to those of you in North Knoxville, be it Halls, be it Powell. How about up there in Maynardville, too? So it's a great family-friendly environment with darts, billiards, karaoke, the whole nine yards. So certainly check them out. All righty, Amanda LaFrada. So what do we got for today's tough question? I have zero idea where you're going. We're at our 5 a.m. production meeting, and we we just couldn't hash it out and come up with what we needed. So... Um, that's, that's what we're going to do right now with you, our, our viewers. So what do we got? Yeah. So I think what we should, let's, let's go ahead and put this Florida victory to rest. I think we should, you know, put a bow on it, put a bow on it, put a bow on it. We should cover either our Florida fans overly arrogant or confident. Um, are they... If we don't do that, we could do should the Florida-Tennessee rivalry go away with conference realignment or do we keep it? How about this? And we'll get okay. Ron Higgins' thoughts on this here momentarily. How about would you be upset, happy, sad, however you want to phrase it, you're better at that for today's tough question if the Tennessee-Florida rivalry went away because of conference realignment. And I have zero idea what they're going to do. A quick preview, not a quick preview, but a quick break, and then a preview of LSU and what's going on down in the bayou with one of my absolute favorites, Ron Higgins, will join us next, who covers the Bayou Bengals. Back in two minutes off the Sports. 
Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli South subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. This is Al's Desk Barbecue Supply, so come on in and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed, we have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue and amaze your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food, and we'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Desk Barbecue, but Chattanooga goes to grill. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vassie Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vassie, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassie's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. I want to get Ron Higgins. I want to get Ron Higgins' thoughts on this. What about this mashup, Ron? <laughs> got a little, got a little Zeppelin there. No, your house band Zeppelin. That's good. Uh, I wish. Yeah, that's not bad. But it's a mashup of Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones. Uh, I think there was some Twisted Sister in there. I think we have Run DMC. We eventually have Kid Rock. Is this a thumbs up or a thumbs down? God, it's such a mashup of a bunch of human beings. <laughs> I, I just like to hear the whole thing with the, the end of that. I mean. Where you out by the time you get to Kid Rock? I mean, first all, zip on the stones, and then you just wow. It's it's like eight minutes long, Ron. So we're not going to listen to all of it. But basically, what what what, 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 what producer was smoking enough weed to put that one together? Um, I don't know, but he was smoking the good stuff, like the Snoop stuff. And he also realizes some of the copyright rules of YouTube because because you do different clips, then you can play that uh, on YouTube and not get a copyright claim. There you, go. there you go. So that's what I'm thinking of. Ron Higgins joins us now by my and he's, uh, his appearance brought to you by my realtor, Andy Mason, AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Uh, Andy Mason has two tenants, two two points of his business that you need to know about the absolute best service the absolute best prices it's that simple he's your realtor in knoxville so uh ron is not only 
just one of my favorite writers. He's not only one of my favorite guys to have uh, on on the show and has been for uh, a couple of years, Ron. We've been working together. I don't want to date us. But he also is like a huge movie star. So what all are you doing now? You're you're like uh, in movies down in uh, Baton Rouge? Doing, doing a lot of TV series background work uh, uh, in Baton Rouge, New Orleans. Uh, kind of working that in with with, uh, you know, basically sports writing and stuff. I haven't been asked to be uh, like John Adams yet in a background, but that, that should be great if that ever happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, hey, here, here's John on your show, okay? First of all, have white earphones. Here, wait, 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 wait. I got to turn this off. But you can barely see him. This is John. <laughs> like, John has no, he has no concept of lighting, okay? And then he has these white earphones on so you can see him. And then, you know, it's typical. Yeah, well, I kind of like the Tennessee Toads. Sean has no concept of lighting. <laughs> no, he none. Like, like, where are you, John? Where are you? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I'm on your show, but I'm in the dark, so people don't know. I'm, not like, I'm in witness protection, so you can't find me. <laughs> Somebody actually asked me if he was in witness protection at one point. <laughs> and, John, did you not pay your electrical bill? Or are you just like, you know... Yeah, my, I like doing the radio and, and this stuff. But I don't want really be seen, you know. Well, he's that's, that's and he joins us with the Vol reward that you can check out on our <laughs> YouTube channel. Brought to you by Vols Automotive Group and Big Orange Phillies. I asked John one time we were having bad connection issues, and I said I can just have a hardwire line dropped in your office. He goes, Oh man, that. That sounds like a lot. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just, <laughs> it takes 30 minutes. I pay about $45. That's all. I think it's more than that. So he calls and he calls me the next day and he goes, it's $48. <laughs> okay. Well, covered. I oh, got poor that. John. <laughs> just rip on John five minute segment. So uh, I can I can do that because I've known John Logger and anybody. So I, I can do that. I, you know, I just my closest friend of this business for, for 40 years. So we rip on each other, but it just is so natural to rip on John because it's just he's just, you know, he practically moans when he talks because it's just painful to him. To, you know, he's like the Larry David of, of, of sports writers, you know, it's just. Everything's just a hassle, you know. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is exactly exactly him. I love him. <laughs> I love him too. I can't tell you. Well, you get the over under amount of conversations I had to have with him to uh, have him join me on offthooksports.com. Do you, you want to guess the number of conversations I had to and have? And especially when explaining the video to him. Oh my God! It's you know, it's like you know. Spike discovering electricity, John. We can put it on video. Well, how you do that? I mean, I mean, what do you mean? You know, it's like <laughs> I can imagine that it took a while, but you know, once you get John on, on you know, camera or not, it's just it's it's going to be funny and easy, and necessary and very knowledgeable. So yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. It yeah. took 12 phone calls, just for the record. Well, I bet you did, like negotiations, yeah. Yeah, it took 12 phone calls, a meal at Litton's. It was a thing. 
So Ron writes for uh, Tiger Details, and I want to go ahead and tell you to, if, if you don't bookmark it, be mindful of that site when you roll into LSU Tennessee week, which will be next week. So, of course, Tennessee has a bye week. LSU does not. But I wanted to get Ron's thoughts on a couple of different things pertaining to LSU. A, the kick time for uh, Tennessee. You know, I've been to tiger stadium a handful of times but you know it way better than me how much does that help uh an an opposing team's chances to win there when it's at 11 a.m local time as opposed to uh, seven o'clock and everybody's rowdy and hammered well the thing is you know that lsu fans adjust so they'll start drinking at 3 a.m you know to get nice and juice for the kickoff. LSU's won like his last six 11 a.m. games. Uh, the Florida game last year, the fans were like, they were into it. Uh, uh, and and they, this, they, they really, they beat Florida. They might beat Florida because Dan Mullen was still there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a different vibe to it, I'd say, definitely. But I, I think the LSU fans will, will get up for this one. Uh, you know, of course, we know last time Tennessee was here was the, the great crazy ending with Tennessee winning and not winning because they had 13 people on the field. Uh, you know, because, it, you know, you got drawn into less miles ball of confusion of running people on off the field. And finally, Tennessee had like 13 guys and T. Bob Abe at LSU, LSU Center has done a radio personality snapped the ball. Uh, just before the clock expired, and, and that forced a, a call a penalty on Tennessee. LSU got an extra play and won the game. So that was the last time they were here. Uh, Tennessee and LSU always play pretty, always play pretty good games. Uh, uh, I know uh, one of the more painful losses for Tennessee fans was, uh, uh, you know, losing LSU in the championship game in 2001 uh, when LSU just hammered Florida and Gainesville at the end of the year, and. Uh, you know, Tennessee fans made the reservations for the Rose Bowl, and uh, I did. Yeah, I, and I, at halftime. Do you remember that game, Ron? At halftime, when they announced that Rohan Davy and LeBrandon Tofield weren't coming and back to the from the second half because they were hurt, I literally got on Expedia and booked my Marriott in Manhattan Beach at that very moment, and uh, so I'm the reason that uh, Tennessee didn't make it to the No, you're, you're not the reason. You're, the reason is that John Chavis didn't realize LSU's backup quarterback was running keepers the whole second half. The whole – in fact, I mean, the LSU's backup quarterback is still the only person in the SEC in championship game history to win the MVP award coming off the bench. Only guy. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, it would have to be. Yeah, uh, Matt Mall. He's a, he's, a, he's a dentist now in Colorado. Uh uh, the only guy ever to do that. Uh, never, and, and like, it's like the defense never figured it out because the defense, they were so shocked. Like, this guy, like, is a, a runner. He's not a thrower. What the hell do we do? You tackle him. Uh, and they, they got beat. I mean, I, I never forget that game. I, I'm, I'm sorry for Tennessee fans because I was in Memphis covering it. wasn't like I was in Baton Rouge working Baton Rouge. I just remember coming back up to the, to the to write the story after the game, like, like an hour after the game, and there were still Tennessee fans in the stands, mm-hmm. frozen their seats, like staring straight ahead, like, "What happened? What what just happened?" 
I, I know Amanda is going to jump in here, but my one memory of that game more than anything is Casey Clawson interviewing him. And I think you were standing next to me and just this look of what the H just happened. <laughs> yeah, I think most Tennessee players were like that. And then, you know, a, a few years ago when they played in Knoxville, I think, I think that was that Butch Jones' last game before he got fired, the one in the driving rainstorm the whole game. Uh, it, it just rained the whole game, you know. I remember, like, right before halftime, it started storming again. And, of course, then Ed Orgeron, LSU coach, I mean, he he loves crazy stuff like that. You know, let's go get wet, boys. You know, just uh, – so, yeah, I mean, they've had some crazy games. I'll, you just date back a long way. I mean, almost every other LSU game in Tennessee has been crazy. It had been, hadn't been very many blowouts. Uh, Old school LSU fans are still bitter. They 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 claim Billy Cannon scored on two point conversion in 1959 to win the game. So this is a really good series that, that you, you wish it was played more uh, because it's just a uh, it's a good series, man. It, it really it really is. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean uh, and their basketball series is good. Uh, their baseball series is six, and they get juicy again. Uh, LSU had a number one recruiting class. They're they're fired up. Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, they have they have a really good rivalry in all sports, but it's not like the hate rivalry where you uh, LSU just like Tennessee and LSU have one thing in common. They both hate Florida. <laughs> hate them, and 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 Tennessee is more from the fact that they they they, they lost to them so many times and, until this past week. LSU, it's more of a hate like you people are just obnoxious. Even when we beat you, you're obnoxious. We don't like you. Uh, so there, there, there's that common bond between the, the ball fans and Tiger fans. And that's it's a beautiful thing. It really is. It is. Yeah, I think they also hate Alabama. So that's also a common bond. Yeah, that's also, LSU. also that. But see, I mean, yeah. to me, that's not for LSU, it's not a robbery. And, and maybe it isn't for. for Tennessee either because a robbery is when you actually can beat them sometimes. <laughs> and, and LSU's beat them once in like 10 or 12, 13 years. And then I'll, and ten, I mean, LSU have, Tennessee's have a, a losing streak against them. That may change this year. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, that's a robbery. You can actually like beat them or play them even. And that, that hasn't happened a lot for LSU and Tennessee. But, but, but Florida's a good old, it's a, a good old fashioned, we just hate you. Yeah. Yeah, I was at the 2011 uh, Alabama LSU game, the game of the century that turned the out to be just the field goal battle. Yeah. yeah, yes, that just end up being missed kicks all over the all over the uh, yeah, field. for Alabama. Yeah, Alabama was yes. uh, you know, yeah, it, it only took them like about about 15 years to find a kicker who can make field goals. Uh, I know it's crazy, crazy yeah, to me. Absolutely. So, I wanted to ask you about. We saw LSU start off pretty rocky this season. And then we saw Boutte scrub his Instagram, and they're all kind of rumors flying around. I think there's a couple of LSU um, wide receivers that did the same thing. And then it just kind of died. No one really gave a reason why it died. you know. And I know the, the culture with Ed Ardron was, was very different and very off-putting down there. So just give me a general, what is going on? Well, I mean, they knew that the, it would be tough early. Uh, you have 13 transfers, five or six cornerbacks for transfers. 
you have a new quarterback who's a transfer. You have a, a, a new offensive line, a new kicking game totally. So they knew that, you know, all these guys, this is the first time they played in a game together. So uh, this is one of those things where they wish they'd played the Southern game first and then Florida State second to kind of work out some kinks. But you had to kind of work out your kinks live against Florida State. And uh, it's, it's you know, it, and they still almost won the game. But, they again, they, they their kicking game was so bad that game, they, they got a field goal blocked and they had the extra point blocked with overtime. It's just a matter of uh, – They've had to kind of just improve every game. I mean, they have – there's no doubt they have talent. Uh, and they just you – know, it's like you had to talk some players off the ledge early after that game. But Brian Kelly is really good about that. I mean, he's really good about basically – I mean, what he says to us, he says to them. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll tell you, I mean, this is – well, we haven't done well. we got to, we got to pick this up. Uh, you know, the more they play and the more they improve – they've improved every game, the more uh, – the more they buy into what he's doing. And so after this past week, I mean, I mean, they, 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 they beat Southern and they beat Mississippi state, uh, which was a, a good win. And then they, uh, beat New Mexico this past week, held New Mexico to no two first downs, the whole game, none in the second half. Uh, and the quarterback play has gotten better. Jane Daniels has gotten better to game to game. And, uh, he, you know, the first game he was belling out of the pocket really quick because, uh, he is a, an extremely fast quarterback. Uh, he's probably just as fast as LSU's wide receivers. He's fast. And when you're that fast and know you can get 15, 20 yards in a blink, you want to take off. You have to tell you, you want to take off if you, if you don't see, you know, an open receiver on your first two reads. But they, you know, Brian Kelly has talked to him and said, you know, we want you to stay in the pocket more. And, 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 but he also is trying to tell him, I don't, I don't want to hinder you from taking, you know, from thinking about that and just taking off. So, just you know, try staying in the pocket. Last week he stayed in the pocket. Then really, almost every play uh, was twenty-four or twenty-nine. Had a great game, uh, and so he's got better every game. LSU's receivers—they got a ton of good receivers. Uh, the running backs were better last week. The offense was substantially better last week. But I mean, they—they uh, they know. Uh, they're not looking ahead to Tennessee because this team can't take anything for granted, even going to Auburn. Uh, but they, they understand Tennessee will be the best team they've played this year and probably even by the end of the season, one of the best teams they've played this year. They they know what what's coming in. I mean, they uh, I'll guarantee you the, the defensive coordinator has seen Hendon Hooker and all, the, all that offensive firepower. So, yeah, I mean, they know what they're about to get into. And, they, and they're glad they have them at home, even in the day. Um, I, I look at, uh, what is, what had happened and the, the culture change that has to take place and already is underway. So, but let me take a step back. So how bad did it get under Ed Orgeron? I mean, I, I heard stories of, uh, co-ed having a hotel or having her own hotel and camp or hotel or apartment on campus tried to pick up a boosters um pregnant wife at a gas station i don't know how much of all this is true but i've been told by multiple people that it was really really off the rails well i'm not gonna get the specifics but i'd say after ed orgeron won the national championship 
within a month, he got his, he hit the lottery with a, a, a pay raise and divorced his wife. And so I think the next two years at Arsron basically said, you know, he made bad hires for coordinators. Uh, he hired one coordinator without even talking to him, without even interviewing him. Uh, and it, he's okay. He he says this like on a Zoom call, like in the spring of 2020. And it's the last last thing he says. And everybody's Zoom calls like, what did he say? He didn't. He didn't. Uh, 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 well, another question. And the moderator. That's all we have time for today. Thank you. Uh, and so that was, that was the first question I asked him in media day in the SEC. I mean, did you? Did you not interview? I, mean, you know, I, I made a mistake. I didn't do that. You know, and to me, he just like, he, he just mailed it in after the national championship. It's like, you know what? Please fire me. Please. I'll, I'll take it. Well, I'll it's funny it. you say that because there was an interview before a game and he's smiling. And I was told that he already knew he was gone. All I know, all I know is that, that he, he mailed it in. He hired bad people as coordinators. After the UCLA game, I mean, they lost in, uh, to open the 2021 season. He's in a locker room screaming, you know, if they want to fire me, they can effing fire me. Okay, they can fire me. You know, athletic directors stand there listening to this. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll find the money. I'll get rid of you. Uh, you know, then you can take your, your $17 million and basically, uh, you know, go shirtless in, in, in bars around the South the rest, of, you know, the rest of your life, you know, with a blonde on your arm. Uh, uh, so... And then, so, I mean, LSU went the opposite way. I mean, they wanted a guy who was a proven winner, uh, who's stable, who uh, has a plan, knows what he's doing, and they went with Brian Kelly. I mean, and a lot of people go, uh, a lot of people, go, they go, well, he's not a fit. And, and how can he be a fit? Was Nick Saban a fit when he came to LSU? I mean, you can go around, you know, there's this, there's this old mentality. And, 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 and I understand, I mean, and, until probably, God, maybe maybe Jerry Denaro was the first going, from, going to Vanderbilt, then the LSU. The only guy ever, uh, probably only coach ever hired by another school after they lost the game 58 nothing, whatever it was, was the Danny Tennessee game. But there's, a, the, the, there's this old thing that where you had to, like, either play at an SEC school or been an assistant SEC school, uh, to coach, be head coach at SEC school. And that all completely changed like, like God, 20 years ago, more than that. And so, so yeah, you hire people from outside. I mean, the, I mean, the South doesn't have like a, you know, the, the, they only produce head football coaches. Everybody does. So, I mean, I think 12 of the last 16 or 17, I mean, since like 2001, when Saban, three, when it, Saban won a national championship, most of, the, most of the head coaches in the SEC won national championships Art from the South. So that has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. That's, that's a bunch of crap. And he, you know what? Did Kelly make some mistakes early by saying family, whatever, you know, maybe so, but, you know, or, you know, doing the videos, you know, with the player recruits dancing, which was painful to watch. It was like watching, uh, you know, Chevy Chase, even if he was in Sarah Knight, fever, you know, like body parts are falling off, but he's really, he's been really good to deal with. He's got a really good sense of humor and he's got a lot of saving in him in, in, the, in the, in the sense that 
he has a plan. He has faith in his plan. He, it, it's for him. It's about the process, like Nick, and he's a no BS guy. You know, he's not going to be. You know, you ask him a question, you'll get an answer. It's going to be a, a pretty detailed answer and an honest answer. And uh, I think that's why the players believe him and like him. And he hired he hired some good people too. So, and, and LSU fans understand it's a process. They know this year is a process. Uh, they know, you know, as long as they keep improving every game, uh, I think everybody's happy, and they have. Yeah, they. I mean, they definitely have. This Tennessee team is dynamic, as you pointed out. Josh Heupel is running a, an extremely fast-paced offense, and it's extremely um, successful, efficient. How do you see LSU going up against that type of offense? Do you think that they can hang with Hendon Hooker? I think they can hang with them. I, I just uh, I just worry about LSU's depth along the uh, defensive line. Uh, I mean, they lost their best defensive player, best defensive lineman, like in, in the in the first game. Uh, they're, they're, but their defense has been tremendous. And the, but the, the, I worry about and, and they go. LSU runs a lot of fast stuff in, in, in practice, and they've run it in game as far as the pace of play. But I worry about. Tennessee probably wearing them out in the second half, you know, the defensive line. They've got enough depth at linebacker and defensive back and all that stuff. It's just the defensive line you kind of worried about if, if they have enough depth to, to, to go a whole game uh, like that. So other than that, I mean, yeah, I can, I can, I can think they can hang with him. I mean, I'm, I'm not putting Jaden Daniels on, on him and Hooker's, Hooker's – uh, level because uh i have a heisman vote right now i mean him and hooker would get my heisman vote uh wow. but the fact is is that lsu knows how to play those type of quarterbacks but uh i don't think they're on the hidden hooker's level i mean they, they, they've gone against daniels he's he's a dual threat i don't think uh i don't think he's as comfortable throwing the ball as hooker is uh but he, he's probably he's damn comfortable running the ball i know that uh, thing is, when you look at when you look at Jaden Daniels, uh, you don't think he's big enough to play quarterback. He's, he's kind of very, you know, he thin or whatever. Uh, and but he started twenty nine or thirty games at Arizona State. He only got hurt once. Uh, and basically, he always. I asked him, I mean, how come you never get hurt? And he goes, Well, I try to run fast enough where people can't people really hit me. Uh, <laughs> and and, and, and oh, okay, so I can do that. Yeah, but. but you know, I, I mean, I knew how fast he was. I mean, we were, were actually allowed to see some preseason scrimmages at LSU. I mean, Kelly let the media into two preseason scrimmages, which really hadn't happened at, at LSU since Caveman discovered fire. I mean, I mean, you can't get into anything. And, you know, the scrimmages, when your quarterbacks are, uh, when they run, they're down when you touch them. It's like you can't tap them. You just touch them, they're down. He ran 20, he ran 20 yards on an on a RPO, and nobody could get a hand on him. And they weren't out of position. They just—it's like watching a, a, a fast kid on the playground who couldn't be could be touched. Uh, so he's that fast, but I don't think he's—he's he's definitely not in Hennenhooker's category as a as a, a passer. So it'll, it'll be a it'll be a, a fun game to watch. It's going to be a really fun game to watch, and hopefully, it'll hopefully it'll be one of those games. Typical Elsha Tennessee game was crazy and goes for the last few minutes or whatever. Yeah. Hey, Ron, let me ask you this. I don't know if you've covered a Heisman's uh, uh, ceremony for kind of 
personal question. I'll cover uh, two. You covered two. Yes, yeah, so, Peyton, Manning, Peyton Manning, which wasn't a ceremony, it was a funeral, and uh, Joe Burrow, which was a, a foregone conclusion. Who, who do you go through to get credentials for that? Uh, there's a uh, there's a hyphen PR guy you call to go through it. I mean that they're and they're very good. I mean that they, they'll. Uh, so if I'm a voter, I'm good, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. That's good to know. Because right now, I don't have a credential to watch Tennessee stretch. But that's another topic. Uh, <laughs> He's not salty about it at all. Not at all. Well, that's, that's because, you know what? Because he has an actual opinion. Yeah. God forbid you got an opinion on Tennessee that doesn't line up with what they want. Okay? Yes. You know? There may you know be. That's, why, that's why John's in witness protection. Because, you know, God forbid you don't get out the big orange pom-poms. That you can't, because you can't be critical, and God knows there hasn't been anything to be critical about for Tennessee football for the past fifteen years. I mean, nothing's going on. Smooth sailing. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad to see him play well, and and uh, because of the Tennessee I covered when I was, you know, I worked in Memphis was, you know, uh, the end of Johnny Majors and then all of Phil Fulmer, uh, and. I mean, those were they were good teams. I mean, they were I mean, they, they they got won a national championship, uh, but it's, you know it got to be a, an embarrassing train wreck. And I understand why Tennessee fans are unhappy. Like, is, it, is this school ever going to figure it out? Or is this administration ever going to figure it out? Is they ever going to find an AD? Does it get fired? Are they ever going to find a, a school president that did the, the, the last more than one, a year? How many football coaches are they going to go through? Uh, so yeah, I mean. There's things to be critical about, but now, I mean, you, you kind of straighten some things out. And so, yeah, but still, you know, if you, if you want to put your head in the sand and squash the media, go ahead. But, but everybody else will see what's going on. Are you, go, are you going to like throw national, not let national people in because they're critical? Well, hell no, you're not. See, what happens is, what, what, I'm, I'm going to get a local rant here because nobody cares about the media, but I'll say this. Most schools couldn't give a crap now about local media. Don't care. You know why they don't care? Because if they got if the ESPN comes in or the athletic or anybody nationally is like, well, you know what? That we can get the most exposure there for our recruiting buck. Oh, yes, let's let them in. Let's let them in what practice. Hey, we'll give you 15, 20 minutes for the head coach. You want to talk to our quarterback? Great. We'll get you a one-on-one. You know why? Because it's all about recruiting exposure. They don't care about local media. They, they don't. This is so bizarre that you bring that up. So do you remember when they had the ESPN closed practices where they would have – do you remember that? So I got Yeah, so only ESPN could be at the practice and the local media couldn't. Well, as you can imagine, that rubbed me the wrong way. Everywhere. So I, I was I was on a show from six to nine. I hosted it and I said, you know, I'm not tolerating this. So you can keep hosting the show and I'll do the rest of it from Tennessee's practice field, because if it's open to the media, it should be open to the media. And <laughs> I'd forgotten this story till a gentleman last night called me and he saw, our, saw what we do and said, do you remember this? And I do now. And I stood on the sideline and did 30 minutes of the show with my cell phone until guess who ran up? And you know exactly who it was. Stop the show. Stop the show. There'll be no more sports animal. You, you want to guess who that was? 
Well, you can you can tell me. It was Bud Ford. Well, I, I you know, and, you know, I like Bud. I like Haywood, and, and I incur Bud's wrath one time, and not for this, but this actually happened. Uh, I forget what, what game it was. I got to the press box and I looked at the press box food. I went, God, this is not very good. You know what? I'm going to order a pizza and have it delivered to my seat. I don't think a guy can make it here in less than 30 minutes. You know, you think he can? Remember Doug Segrist's national banner? I said, I'm going to order pizza. He goes, You're crazy. I said, I just want to see the guy get here in, in 30 minutes. I mean, otherwise, it's free. So I call like Domino's Pizza, the one closest to the campus. I'll give the guy a break, you know? So 20 minutes later, the guy's in my seat and he's just pouring with sweat. He's just like, he goes, God, I didn't know I have to like talk my way past like four guards. God, here you go. Give me the pizza, nice and hot. I gave him like a huge tip. So into the first piece. And <laughs> but it was so I, mad. Uh, what are you I doing? What are you, what are you doing? I said, oh, pizza, you'll like a slice. Bud was so bad. I think the only time I really got Bud mad was ordered a pizza and had delivered to my seat. Yeah. No, Bud would uh, curse out the uh, pizza delivery guy for not getting there, too. And another pizza story I was at Papa John Stadium, and for a high school event, all they had for us was uh, nuts literally, a big box of nuts that everybody put their dirty hands in. And so I ordered a Domino's pizza at Papa John Stadium. There you go. Like I said, I know people care about the media, but that, that's uh, I, I, I enjoyed covering Tennessee all those years when I went. I had, I had the best seat in the house in the press box. I was right in front of Bud and Haywood when Bud was doing and then Haywood was doing the PA. Yeah. And so, and, and so between plays, you get here second guess the coaches, you know, you know, gosh dang, Bud, what was Fuller doing? I don't know, Haywood. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it was funny. I, I, you know, uh, those guys and Gus Manning were the backbone of Tennessee sports for years. Uh, and you know, that's one reason they had a good national, they had a good brand. Uh, and those were back in the days when you actually, you, you could, you could go to practice and, uh, it, it's all changed. Social media has changed the, 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 the way coaches are, uh, are available, uh, because, uh, they don't want every other thing they say to be tweeted or, or, or you know, put up social media. So that they've kind of shut it down. I, I get that from that standpoint. But, but they, they should allow media into, into some scrimmages, uh, which which I, I guess Kelly did. But we credit him. He just, I don't know if it ever, ever, ever happened again while he was here. But, you know, he realized that we need to see what the team looked like in, in preseason. So, you know, we wouldn't look so stupid like we were under Orgeron a lot of times. Like, you know, listen to him babble on how, you know, everything's okay and when it wasn't. You're in that area. And, Ron, I'm sorry if I'm keeping you too long, but you're you're in that area. And there's been talk that, that maybe Auburn would actually hire Deion Sanders if, if they make a coaching change with Brian Harson, which sounds still a little bit crazy, but – a year ago, it was sounded insane. Five years ago, absolutely no way. But it's not the craziest thing I've I've ever heard. Have you have you heard any of that rumbling out there? Yeah, Ron I've heard that. yeah. I mean, I mean, he'll get players, but can he can he be the head coach that that 
when you go to a major college program, your all your problems multiply. You have more boosters to deal with. You have more insane parents who want playing time for their kid because they know they can, they can get to the NFL at Tennessee and maybe not at Jackson State. There's being a college head coach now is is an absolute. It would probably, some of the coaches that they had like 20 years ago would probably be killed off by what goes on for college head coaches now. The stuff you got to deal with, the NIL money, the transfer portal, uh, the NCAA basically not doing anything about, you know, we can't legislate NIL money, you know, just go buy people. Uh, and the, the transfer portal, which is absolutely, it, it's, they're, they're trying to put some restrictions on it now, which, which is good, but I mean, Still, you can get the whim of like some guy, you know, not not getting to play one game and he's ready to transfer. You know, I told somebody, I said, I wonder if like other coaches, opposing coaches, watch guys on teams and thinking, I'd like to have him on the, on my team. You know, said that's a wide receiver. I kind of like him. And that wide receiver runs an out route and falls at the feet of the head coach. He goes, Hey, so you're a really good ball player. You know, think about playing for us next year. Good game. You know, I mean. Does he? Does that happen? I don't know, but I just know that head coaches now. I know they get paid millions, and by God, that they earn every bit of it because of just the, the amount of stuff that you got to uh, put up with. And there's also the you know the the player arrest factor, which has always been there. So there's a lot of a lot of moving parts now, more so than ever before. Ron, great stuff as always, buddy. Keep it up in in the movies. We want to see you and a stream near us, and uh, I have a feeling we will coming up. So uh, we'll, we'll talk to you, tigerdetails.com. That's the rival site. You can read Ron's stuff, and I've looked over the site past couple of days, kind of boning up on LSU, and uh, you guys do a great job. So kudos to your guys. Please pass that along. Well, you know, I've had a really good time, <laughs> and I'll see you later. You know what? I'll see you at a Marriott sooner or later, okay? Right. You know, and John's really down. He's down on Marriott, which happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they don't treat me like a king anymore. So, you know, <laughs> this, you know, it's not like Mr. Adams, thank you for coming. Welcome. And we have a steak in your room ready for, oh, yeah, for whatever. I got gifts on the couch. Somebody that works for you. Ron, <laughs> Ron, we'll talk to you, buddy. Have a great rest of the week. Yeah, I know. Sure. Ron, again. <laughs> <laughs> John saying more Higgins, please. There's no doubt that that's going to happen next week. Please. Um, yeah. And, and John Adams. So you'll hear him on our YouTube uh, channel later today. Uh, still the best Marriott John Adams story. And there's a lot of them is when his wife, we were at the, we were at Vanderbilt and he couldn't, and his wife couldn't find the game on tv so he called and demanded that they replace the television which they did which they did he goes kickoffs in 15 minutes it's got to get done and they replaced the television because he had so many marriott points that he was like this ultra premier platinum dude and that tv got replaced what okay so what would be the point in replacing the television I don't know. He just demanded that the television should be replaced. And his lovely wife, Melinda, who's the only person that's more patient than my wife, uh, called and said, just want to let you know that 
they replaced the TV. Oh my gosh. Did she find the game? <laughs> she found the game on the new TV. Oh, okay. That's new and different, I guess. Did they yep. replace the service? Like, did it go from Dish to Comcast or something? None of it made any sense. But it was the end of the year, and we were all in the goofy mode of get the Vanderbilt game over with because that's not a fun place to be. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just not. What we needed, we needed some something from Craft Treats because Craft Treats – oh, and I forgot to ask Ron about his – he has a Facebook page for his uh, Bichon. Is that the way you know you sure? that dog? Bichon, yeah. Is it not an Instagram? No, it's a Facebook page. He's old like me. So, um, yeah, he does Instagram. have a face. It's uh, uh, Buffy the Wonder Bichon, I believe it is. So we'll find that and we'll get him some craft treats. Craft treats has the CBD treats that contain minor cannabinoids that increase the benefits of cbd great for situational anxiety i'll tell you more about that the chill pills again the chill pills is what you need to be mindful of because they'll help you with a situational anxiety and they will uh, certainly take care of you so more after that somebody say after this somebody saying check her vandy oh my god oh that's a thing that's going around check her vandy's going around you before got, we no, but well, before I'm, we I, go back to the break, yes, can we revisit today's tough question because it's out there? I don't think we said that it was out there. Oh, okay, today's so tough question. There. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So it's: Would you be okay with the Tennessee Florida uh, dying at the hands of conference realignment? And no, we love it. No, nah, it's a good rival. Yeah, we don't need it, and absolutely kill it. That is out there now. So okay. So let me make sure that I can find that because I want to retweet it. You need to go to our Twitter and uh, the Twitter and vote. And uh, the top of that. the page. So what are the choices again? One more time. No, we love it. No, it's a good rival. Yeah, we don't need it. Absolutely kill it. Okay, so would you be okay with the Tennessee versus Florida uh, rivalry dying at the hands of conference realignment? And so far, uh, it's 40%. Uh, no, we love it. 40%. No, it, nah, it's a good rival. Uh, yeah, we don't need it. Uh, hasn't picked up a vote yet, but absolutely kill it. I would hate to see it go, go away. I think it really depends what age you are, basically. But we'll get more to that, and we'll take your votes as well and your thoughts on possibly the Tennessee-Florida rivalry going away with conference realignment i mean it could happen it looks like alabama is going to slide to the east i would hate to see that rivalry go away as well but you know ultimately something's going to have to give when you add two teams i don't know who's going away but somebody is going to go away and it's probably going to be one of the top four or five teams that tennessee fans enjoy playing year in and year out back in two minutes tell us about viles automotive group mr viles it's gary viles here viles automotive on callahan drive i've been selling cars here in east tennessee for 27 years in that time i've come to realize it's not about the car it's about you the customer so i'm here to take care of you just like family good credit bad credit you name it we can get you taken care of if we don't have it we can find it for you we go across the country to get any vehicle that you want and here at viles automotive we don't believe in fake numbers we just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. 
Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassy Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been, but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do, and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left, and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. that I don't know it's a song I kind of like it takes it a while to get going and it sounds like we're getting attacked by a swarm of bees or a spaceship see so has some potential it's called a power cord kits so that means more than one string There's something to that so I just uh, completely butchered. I was supposed to tell you about craft treats. It's the chill pills. That is where you get the discount. The chill pills are phenomenal. You can get 20% off at checkout with the exclusive code off the hook. That's the exclusive code off the hook. Get 20% off at checkout crafttreats.com the chill pills that's what you need for your pets social anxiety car ride anxiety or also <clears throat> if they happen to suffer from arthritis getting a little bit older so uh, amanda lafrada there is there happens to be a uh florida fan by the way if you don't mind go ahead and click that subscribe button like and share you're already commenting, and we greatly appreciate that. But we want to grow, and we want to grow with you. So if you could share, that'd be great. Be sure and subscribe. Only 80% or 20% of our listeners have actually subscribed. So hit the subscribe button, and we want you on board. More stuff to come, including this afternoon. We'll have John Adams of the Knoxville News Sentinel. So <clears throat> a lot going on. Now, <clears throat> there's apparently <clears> – excuse me. There's apparently a Florida fan – or a Florida uh, know, reporter, writer, writer, yeah, journalist, something that is not a big fan of, of of Tennessee, and we talked about the rivalry going away. So I'm I'm going to lean on you here, Amanda. What what exactly was said 
I'm, I'm curious. Uh, you, you set it up for me because it, it seems to be maybe getting, and I've told you before, you don't want Homer media because they end up being harder on the coaches they cover. The coaches think they want Homer media, but they don't. And they end up saying crazy things. And maybe this is clickbait. Maybe we're falling for it. But what was said by this individual? And and to be to be fair, so that we're not talking behind his back, you can go ahead and tag him. And if he wants to listen in, he's welcome to. But what was okay. said by by this this person about the Tennessee Florida rivalry? Okay, so it, it it was kind of a really long tangent. His name is Sean Do- Doty, D-O-T-Y. I, I don't know how to. Is it Dodo no, Bird? Just, it's not Dodo Bird. It maybe should be after this. Um, but he went kind of on a tangent, and it's a really long article. I mean, he did some fairly good writing as far as style and stuff, but I mean, he says, I'll give you some quotes. In the case of Tennessee, it is an annual divisional game without any agreed upon nicknames from both fan bases. And instead of it being a nearly even split series, it has become a running gag to see how Tennessee will find a way to lose to Florida each year. Then another one, if one were to ask Florida fans today who they would consider Florida's biggest rival after Georgia and Florida State, chances are you'd likely hear LSU or even Kentucky more frequently than you would Tennessee. And he talks about conference That's realignment. True. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know. if you want to say if you want to say Miami or Florida State because they're in state, I'll roll with you. But if you yeah. want to say that LSU or Kentucky are a bigger rival than Tennessee, that's just stupid. No, I mean this. I I think he's probably like nineteen well, or something because it's twelve. Yeah, recent. But he says, but until the Vols program can consistently stop staggering against top tier SEC programs similar to drunk Tennessee fans failing a sobriety test, Florida fans should consider Tennessee an annoying pest rather than a rival. So again, we can we'll we'll tag this this guy, but <laughs> he like, okay, dude, I'm sorry, but you guys weren't relevant until the days of Spurrier at all. At all. And at all. Like zero percent relevancy until the days of Spurrier. You talk a mad game. You're not even good now. I mean, the last time you were really you know, prominent and people paid attention to you was the Tim Tebow days. This leads to the uh, today's tough question that we put out there. If the rivalry goes away <clears throat> because of conference realignment, would you be upset? And I don't know that maybe some wouldn't. I think it depends on your age. I, if, if, if your heyday when you're really watching football and or covering football was in the nineties and two thousands, it's that, that that's absurd to say that that Tennessee and Florida is not a rivalry, but as far as programs, there's no comparison, zero comparison between Florida and Tennessee. If you want to look at a historical comparison, there's nothing there is, you know, Steve Spurrier is their general Nealon and he just happened in the nineties. So uh, Tennessee also has a, a Philip Fulmer, a Johnny Majors. There is no comparison. Florida was the sleeping giant that everybody pointed to because for whatever reason, they couldn't get their stuff together in the 80s, and they were absolutely 
horrible. So to say this isn't a rivalry does sound like sour grapes after Florida almost pulled the crazy upset win. But I well, he wrote this before, just like oh. right, right before this game. He wrote it right before. So it just shows the amount of disrespect Florida fans have for Tennessee and the program at at Tennessee and how highly Florida fans think of themselves because you're not, I'm sorry, you're not Alabama. You're not like a Michigan. No one looks at Florida and is like, that's, that's the team to beat. You're kind of just like a mosquito, you know, just like stop. So you, you had Galen Hall who had a little bit of success, won nine games a couple of times in the eighties. And it went won six a couple of times, won seven a couple of times, won, and then they replaced him with Steve Spurrier, who immediately won nine. And then you go through the years, they had Doug Dickey, who everybody knows, is Tennessee's former athletic director, and leaving Tennessee at the time did not sit well with Tennessee fans. And I understand that. But you have to go back to maybe Ray Graves before they had success. Um, but we're still not talking about championships. Um, the Florida was just horrible. And like I said, everybody thought the sleeping giant for decades. So I ask our message board peeps, and it is today's tough question. Do you care if the rivalry goes away? Is it a rivalry to you or would you just assume <clears throat> let that be jorts of the past jorts and <laughs> you know the one thing that's funny about i was <clears throat> one time on florida's campus walking to the stadium to cover a game and i, I had to use the restroom so it was, a, it was a public restroom on campus and i've never seen this before but they actually have hair gel dispensers right there in the men's in the men's room you are lying it's called soap, Dave. It's called soap. Yeah. I don't I, care what the Florida fans was, are doing with it. It's it soap. Was, right. But there's a lot of hair gel going on down there is all I'm saying, Amanda. There's a lot of hair gel. Orange blood saying hard for any Florida fan born this century to imagine Tennessee as a rival when we've only won three or four times in 22 years. Also, uh, why have we only played 52 times? I don't know the answer to the latter question. But, yeah, if you're super young and you're using recency – as your basis then this doesn't look like a rivalry to you but i we we knocked on billy napier a little bit and i will say this he gave his team the best chance to win i thought there were some questionable fourth downs there was the really dumb two-point conversion call that didn't even make sense if he would have gotten it and there were a lot of questionable decisions but i'll tell you this from a schematic standpoint he put his team in the best position to win, and they had a chance on the last play. Given the difference in the talent level and the ability and the fact that Tennessee is a program that's better put together under the second year with Josh Heupel, I give Billy Napier some credit that they were even in that game at the end. So I think as long as Josh Heupel stays, Billy Napier stays, which who knows in this world of coaches – I think it will become a rivalry again if they were if they continue to be in the SEC East. But we're having this conversation. It could be the SEC North and the SEC South when they realign it. We don't know. 
could be any bizarro thing. It reminds me of the Big Ten when they had the the champions and the legends oh. division. Was it legends and it legends and champions? Was that it? I thought it wasn't legends and champions. I thought it was legends and bad idea. How does nobody stand up and say, uh, I don't think that sounds very good. What about East and West? I think it's legends and leaders. It was legends and leaders, not champions. Was it? Legends and leaders. I was like, it's not champions. How long did that last? Do you have the Google on that? I could look, but it's not a long time. So uh, as far as today's tough question, what are the percentages on that? People, do they want the Florida game to remain a rivalry or not? What are we hearing from our digital listeners out there? All right. So it is, no, we love it. No, it's a good arrival. Yeah, we don't really need it. Absolutely kill it. So um, what's leading is, yeah, we don't need it with 33%. And actually, yeah, we don't need it. And no, we love it are tied. So it's a split decision here. Yeah. A split decision. So. Okay. Well, I'm surprised. I, I'm I'm a hundred percent keep it because yeah. I know the ebbs and flows of this this series, and certainly Florida deserves credit for the times that they've dominated the series with Urban Meyer as a head coach and Steve Spurrier as a head coach. But Tennessee just fumbled their way through the past few years. It, you know that that doesn't define the series to me. Uh, it's it's those monumental games that more oftentimes went Florida's way, but yeah, I want to see it continue. See orange blood. You're, you're kind of alluding to what I was saying. Tennessee's won eight times since 1976. It's more of a struggle for us than a rivalry for them. I agree with that, but the lead up to those games and the fact that they're so uber talented, even though it's been one-sided is still to me makes it a great rivalry in and of itself when you look at it but i don't think that what are you laughing at it lasts sorry legends and leaders you asked me to google it legends and leaders it lasted two years from 2011 to 2013 they said goodbye to the name for some you know oh it was it did what it was supposed to do or whatever no it was just a dumb name and you got rid of it so that's when you come out and you're the big 10 commissioner and you say well, we'll see what happens in the Big Ten East or West. And um, somebody says, uh, what about the Legends and Leaders division? And you say, what? I don't even remember that. Uh, all all notions of that online have been deleted. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows. what They're like Legends and Leaders. Like, are leaders in the in the North and then the Legends are in the, like, the Southern part of the Big Ten? Or are we doing, like, Legends are to the left and Leaders are to the right? Like, how are you dividing this? Makes no sense. I kind of, I somewhat got the the notion of it. And that was, you wouldn't be spread out because essentially what you have now is you have you have the the best of the conference in one side the east and west so the east has indiana maryland michigan michigan state ohio state penn state and rutgers that's that's one two three four uh that's at least four at the top if not five and you could argue uh, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Purdue, and Wisconsin. So you could argue Nebraska or Wisconsin, but 
as far as the top programs in the Big Ten, I think that's what the idea was, is not to or make Iowa. Well, Iowa is what it is. I mean, it's a developmental program. That's fine. But yeah. if you look at the sure. East um, with Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Penn State, and Michigan State, I mean, that that's the conference. Those are the those are the top four teams. And Nebraska and Wisconsin will knock on the door every once in a while. And then I, I really liked what Pat Fitzgerald was doing at Northwestern, but I'm afraid that's kind of run its course. Uh, I don't know that again, that that's why I talk about NIL money with Tennessee so much. So you have the money and obviously at Northwestern, they have the money, but do you want to spend it on football? Do those, those corporate donors want to spend it on football and much like Vanderbilt, I say, no, they don't. So at Tennessee, that's what makes it so special from an NIL, NIL perspective is you have a good amount of money. It's a metropolitan area. And they want to spend it on football. We got to get to something very special. It's message board bingo. So you ready to roll with that? I am ready. I got it all worked out. So message board bingo is now. All right. 11 and one is very possible. Have you seen this defense? Even Bama would be neutered if the D keeps progressing week to week. That is an SEC school. 11 and 1. I think I know who it is. You have 10 seconds. If you can beat me on that. Crazy, I agree. I wish the Florida game would get moved later in the week, later in the season. So you have John says Ole Miss. Nope. Chris says Georgia. No, good guess, though, with the dogs thing. Neutered. Yeah, good guess, but no. Brandon says LSU. Yay, Brandon. All right, you. Shoot me an email at davidoffthehooksports.com, and we'll take care of you with a uh, T-shirt, and we would uh, be happy to do that. And uh, crazy, do I have all your T-shirts? Do I have all the T-shirts? If anybody doesn't have a T-shirt, I think one person had the wrong email address. I'm going to go ahead and put it on the board. Um, and there we go. David off the hooksports.com. If you haven't gotten your t-shirt, we've tried to stay on top of that, but we've been giving away like crazy people. So I think they're all out. Um, but feel free to shoot me an email if, if you haven't received yours and you've won. We, we're very trusting people here. And just note that when we're out of shirts, we're out of shirts. So that's where we are. All right. We got time for one more. We got, uh, I think, uh, one more shirt to give away. Message. All right. Big 10 school. Imagine getting embarrassed by a team whose head coach wears a windbreaker over a collared shirt and tie. Ten seconds. I think I know who it is. I know they're referring to Ryan Day at Ohio State, right? Um, I don't think so. He wears a windbreaker over a coat and tie, doesn't he? Brandon says Minnesota. No. Okay. Um, Orange Blood said that Tennessee is Florida's bandy, just closer gap in talent recent years notwithstanding. I just don't see the Tennessee-Florida rivalry like that. There are too many close games. I don't either. I don't either. I'm off base. All right. Nobody got it. Oh, we had a Wisconsin. Is it Wisconsin? Oh, it's Michigan. Michigan. That's what I thought it was. Have a fantastic day, everyone. For Amanda LaFrada, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a production of Off the Hook Sports.